Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hi there. Thanks a lot for checking out the podcast. Coming up, Big Daddy Taz on the new Garbage Hill sign. Lisa Marie Carlson will tell us about the 12 days of giving at Winnipeg Harvest. Environment Canada's Dave Phillips with the top weather events of 2018. And poli-sci guy Chris Adams breaks down the latest federal polling. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. The Garbage Man Can Song from The Simpsons. We'll take a bit of this. Who can take your trash out? Stop it down for you. Shake the plastic bag and do the twisty thingy too. The garbage man. Yeah, everybody now. Oh, the garbage man can. All right, that's enough of that. Um, I like the idea. I think we take ourselves too seriously sometimes. And listen, you're entitled to your opinion out there. And I want to know what you think, 204-780-6868. You can text or call that number. You can leave your message on the talk line, 774-TALK, or email me. My inbox is always open, hal at cjob.com. But these people that say, oh, we got better things to do with, you know, the sign was donated, first of all. We got better things to do and more important, yes, but come on. Can't we have a little fun? I think sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. Here's what Mayor uh, Bowman had to say at the unveiling of the sign today. He likes our sign better than the big Hollywood sign. It's better than the Hollywood uh, Hollywood sign. I mean, the Hollywood sign, really, it's, it's a sham. Um, you know, ours is is built on, on actual rubbish and ap- actual garbage. I mean, uh, many say, of course, Hollywood is built on filth. I mean, this, this is literally garbage. This is more authentic than the Hollywood sign. Good for you, Mayor Bowman. Good for you. That's the right attitude. And in coming up with the right song to start today, I thought, who can we talk to about this? One of the funniest guys I know, Big Daddy Taz, local comedian, and he is on the phone with us now. Hi, Taz. Hey, how how are you, buddy? Great. Thank you for doing this, man. I think this is very Winnipeg, making a big deal about a sign on the top of a hill of garbage. We do take ourselves too seriously sometimes, don't we? Well, you know what? We've we've forgotten to have fun and how to laugh at ourselves and how to tease people. But it's not only in Winnipeg. It's all over, dude. I mean, what's next? We're not going to call Confusion Corner Confusion Corner? (laughs) Why don't we just call it what it is, right? They called it Confusion Corner because, ah, it was already taken. (laughs) Very good point. I think... Uh, You know, what I thought was funny is that uh, somebody who said, "Let's, let's, let's make a sign and call it Garbage Hill. And everybody went, oh, no. So they took it down and then everybody went, well, it is really a, a hill of garbage. We should have a sign for it. Okay, let's make a sign that looks exactly like the other sign. <laughs> let's, let's tear down something and make a, an exact replica and then complain about it. We, we, you know, people in Winnipeg uh, would complain, uh, it's getting dark. Well, yes, it's nighttime. Like, just calm down. Things will... we, we live in a society where people are so worried all the time about everything that we're forgetting that... You know, loosen it up a little bit. Undo that belt. You know, put on put on some shorts and enjoy the sunshine. Have some fun. Yeah, and we want people to come to not not listen. People aren't going to come to Winnipeg to see Garbage Hill, but you know what? When they're here, they might go and check it out, right? And I think if we want people to come here, 
uh, we want them to come here and get to know us. And I think this is so Winnipeg. I mean, it's just like me being, and I, you know, people sometimes say, ah, oh, you brought it up again, but I'm making a point. When they made me the 34th greatest Canadian of all time, that was a CBC poll. They very easily, behind the scenes, could have went, well, that ain't going in the poll. But they left me in there, and that's Canadian. I love that I represent the average lunch bucket carrying Canadian on that list. And I think we need to let people see what Winnipeg is all about. We're okay with poking some fun at ourselves. Well, you know, it's, that's exactly what we, we live in a climate where, like my buddy Dean Jenkinson says, uh, you know, 80% of the time it, it's cold enough to kill penguins. Let's eat Slurpees, right? We, we, we can't take ourselves seriously. We, we, we're, we're turning into whiner peg. That's the biggest problem, right? Is that everything is offensive to everybody instead of let's just be us. Yes, we're going to pe- people are going to tease us. And yes, you know, people, oh, it's a garbage hill sign. Oh, what are we going to do? It's not going to stop people from coming to Winnipeg. You know what? January is going to stop people from coming to Winnipeg. <laughs> Man, you could do five minutes on this. I, I just did. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> You're the best, Taz. On short notice, he joins me, and uh, I'm really glad you agree with me because, listen, it's a hill of garbage. There's a sign on top of a hill of garbage. We're like Just to give you an example. We have in front of us here in the studio uh, a screen that shows all of the stories on CJOB.com. And it kind of yep. ranks them in popularity, I guess, to put it that way. And yep. the Garbage Hill sign in Westview Park. I didn't even know it was called Westview Park. It was the Garbage Hill. That's for me. But well, that yeah. story at CJOB.com right now has 10 times as many people on that story as the number two story, just to give you an idea of how popular this topic is today. Well, and it's, you know what, it, it's a, it, it, we should wear it like a sense of pride. Yep. We, we call Confusing Corner, Confusing Corner. We call Duff's Ditch, Duff's Ditch. You know, we call, you know, what, what are we going to change the name downtown to the corner of Stab and Restraining Order? Like, I mean, it's, we're not, it's nothing negative. It's just what it is. It's, we call it Garbage Hill. Okay, let's call it Garbage Hill. Right? It's yeah. just... You're you're the 34th most popular Canadian. To me, you're the second. But I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I, I, w- I entered that poll. I was uh, I was the uh, infinity minus one uh, was my my ranking. Uh, but uh, it is we just need to relax. Yeah. You know this whole it just I don't know who started the fact that we have to have a shrinker glue shut. But what we need to do is is loosen up and just have some fun and go with it. The people that are offended about this need to find something more offensive to be worried about, right? It's like the baby that's cold outside song. Oh, we can't do it. You know what? And I saw a meme on Facebook, and I didn't write it, but I wish I did, that said, you know what? We're more concerned about a song talking about how baby is cold outside than the people that are outside freezing. Wow. Yeah. No kidding, eh? And and a part of this is just about embracing what and who we are. For example, for a long time, people called us Winterpeg. I now say yeah. Winterpeg with a smile because you know what? We need to embrace our city, our <laughs> province, warts and all, and celebrate yep. it like a sign on top of a hill of garbage. Oh, exactly. And in Winterpeg, it's not a smile. We're grimacing because our mouth is frozen like that, right? <laughs> and and, we, and we, 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 we as a society keep renaming stuff. You know, I... I 
how you know this? I used to be a bouncer back in the day. Yeah. Oh no, you're not a bouncer now. You're an intoxicated patron transferal technician. Oh, okay, that's perfect. <laughs> you know, just, just you know what? If you take yourself too seriously, you will never have fun. I tease everybody. If I don't tease you, that means I don't like you. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a difference the between I mean, I, yeah, and there's a difference between teasing, which is in good fun, and you know, yes. crossing that line. But you're right; we are taking things way too seriously these days. We are, and you know what? There's there there is a lot of scientific evidence that I'm going to make up right now that <laughs> says that when you are focusing on everything negative, it builds all the cancerous cells in your body, and you're going to die uh, sad. So that's it. That's so that's that's me, Professor Taz, saying, lighten up, go have a poop if you need to, and then focus on the stuff that you need to focus on, and have a lot of fun instead of everything being offensive. And you're going to get letters right now because I said the word poop on CGOB. Whatever, I I don't work there. Yeah, right. (laughs) But you're right. Teasing when we tease ourselves or we don't take ourselves too seriously, then we can't get offended. You know, people make jokes about my weight and. And, 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 and my mental health all the time because I make it okay to make jokes about that. And it doesn't bother me. But if I, was, if I became super sensitive about my weight or super sensitive about my, my mental health, then I would be doing nothing but being offended by everybody all the time. And I choose not to do that. You know what I choose? I choose to go to sleep every night and thank the, the, the universe for the people in my life that I'm able to tease and the people that... I'm able to make laugh, and the the fact that my brain works to the point where I like to make people laugh. And I'll tell you what: as long as there's people that are getting their uh, getting their hackles up about things, I will be here to make fun of those people. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Big Daddy Taz, great uh, great conversation. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Okay, hell, lots of love to you, and I'll talk to you soon. All the best, buddy. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas or whatever I'm legally allowed to say to you. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. That is uh, Big Daddy Taz. We're going to talk now with Lisa Marie Carlson from Winnipeg Harvest about the 12 days of giving. Lisa Marie is the Director of Marketing and Communications over at Winnipeg Harvest. Nice to see you. Thank you for, oh, sorry, let me just turn that on. Thank you for uh, coming in studio. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. That was the eighth day of giving. Did you say this is also your eighth day? (laughs) Today's the seventh day of giving, but it is, in fact, my eighth day. Her eighth day (laughs) over at Winnipeg Harvest. Yay. Good luck, Lisa Marie. Thank you. Um, You're in the world of nonprofit. or uh, But listen, you're in the right place to do this because you are in a giving community. Winnipeg and Manitoba always comes through. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been an amazing eight days. They, I, I got thrown right into an, an amazing At time. Christmas, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're completely right. We mm-hmm. have such an amazing community and everyone has been nothing but giving and generous. Yeah. Who was that we just heard singing? That was the Panic Land. They are uh, local musicians. Yeah, yeah, they came in. And, and did a, an amazing piece for us. So And you've got grateful. different high-profile people and bands yeah. and personalities doing the 12 Days of Giving, which is a great way we to do, do this. Yeah, we've had uh, J.P. Ho, uh, GD, uh, J.D. Edwards, Panic Land, uh, Begonia, DJ Blitz, uh, local chefs from Smith, Deer and Almond, just some amazing people that have come in and offered their support. Yeah, and the 12 Days of Giving, the concept is... There are items that you really need, especially at this time of the year. So talk about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So a lot of our top items are in the songs. Um, 
But, I mean, it's it's turkeys. We've gone through turkeys, two pounds of food, three canned fruits. Um, today is seven volunteer hours. It's not even about food today. Mm. It's about donating your time if you, if you feel yeah. you can't donate monetarily um, and, and just showing that support and coming in and saying hi, taking a tour, and we, were, we would be more than happy to have you. <laughs> yeah. Here's why I wanted to have you in today or Winnipeg Harvest, but I'm glad you're here today and the 12 Days of Giving because I think there are so many great causes at this time of the year yeah. that maybe Winnipeg Harvest get, gets lost a bit in there, and, and it's really an important time for you guys. It really, truly is. I mean, the need for food all year round never goes away. Um, you know, it's 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 sad to say, you know, that you know, Winnipeg Harvest is never going to go out of business because people are always going to be hungry. Yeah, we want that to happen, we, but we you're want right; that it probably happen. never ever Absolutely. will happen. Absolutely, yeah. and um, but you're right. I mean, around the holidays, it's definitely more difficult uh, to you know stretch those dollars further for hungry families. So we are really encouraging as many people as we can during this time to donate what they can. And how do they do that? It's as easy, uh, I know I've done it, just going and seeing you guys at Winnipeg <laughs> Harvest saying, hey, I've, here's what I've got for you. Yeah. Money's always great because oh, you guys great. can really stretch that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We definitely stretch every dollar. Uh, we work with amaz- amazing agencies that, that stretch every dollar for us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting involved is, you know, as easy as going to our website, winnipegharvest.org, coming in. We're on Winnipeg Avenue, really simple to find. Yep. We have a huge facility. Um, and, you know, you can donate food there. You can donate your time. You can call and volunteer. You can you can donate in any way, and we would be happy to take it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what, and listen, individual donations and, and giving as a family or just as an individual is mm-hmm. great, but I think lots of times the way this really works well for a cause like Winnipeg Harvest, an important cause like Winnipeg Harvest is, if you've got a workplace or you've got a group of friends, get together, come up with an idea and raise the money and the food Absolutely. items that way, and then it's an even bigger impact. Yeah, we have amazing organizations around the city that are so willing to get involved. And and you were right earlier, you know, sometimes when a pig harvest does get forgotten because it is a constant need rather yeah. than us just saying, okay, well, this is a one-time thing. Can you please help? It's a constant need. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we have amazing organizations that always do tin for a bin. Um, and local grocers, obviously, is a huge mm-hmm. help for Winnipeg Harvest. Yeah. Um, but organizations, they they do the tin for the bin, and then they come in, and they take photos, and they're super yeah. excited to help out over the holidays. And, yeah, it's a great feeling. I mean, we really do have an amazing community here in Winnipeg, and everyone yeah. has been very gracious in their donations this year. Now, because of the time of year, holidays, Christmas, um, and heading into a new year— any items unusual for this time of the year that you guys would take? Like, do you take gifts, for example? Um, we don't. We don't. We we do take everything. Yeah. Um, but it it is it, it's we we, it's food. we need food. Yeah. We need food. That's right. really the 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 brass tacks of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all agencies need some different things, but there are other organizations that do. You know clothing better. They do toys better. Mm-hmm. We need food. We yeah. feed hungry families across Manitoba. Yeah. Well, as the new uh, director of marketing and communications at Winnipeg Harvest, you can always come to me for help because it's a really important cause. You're right. It's an everyday thing. Absolutely. It's not like, hey, we're going to do something special for Christmas. No. Those causes are great, but this isn't an everyday Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. We feed over 60,000 Manitobans across yeah. the province. And how many of those kids? 41%. Forty-one percent are kids. A lot of people don't realize that. No, no. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we're always in need for baby food, baby cereals. It's a constant need. So thank yeah. you for having me. No, <laughs> and thanks for coming in. All right, joining us now. 
to talk about 2018's top weather events. Dave Phillips, senior climatologist over at Environment Canada. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate this. I, I look forward every year to your top weather event. So um, tell us, uh, first of all, any Winnipeg or Manitoba events make your list? Well, you know, kind of in a way, but you know how you don't want to be on this list. No, I know. You know, I mean, this is not blue skies and, and white puffy clouds. This is misery, hardship, and misfortune. People write me and say, well, you say we're number eight. We think we're number three. No, no, no. This is this is not a list that you, that you, you really want. I mean, last year, my gosh, I, I often said that Winnipeg had the best weather in, in the in the country. Yep. I mean, it was sort of not not too hot, not too cold. It mm-hmm. was just sort of a Goldilocks almost. But, you know, this year, I think the one story that I, I, I wanted to put in the list but didn't was the tornado in Alonsa. Um, and that was in August. Uh, it turned out, Hal, to be the most powerful tornado on this planet. Yeah. I mean, it tells you that we only had, there was only about about 20% fewer tornadoes in the United States. Nothing as powerful as one that would was blowing at 285 kilometers per hour. Mm. Sadly, it killed somebody, yeah. but um, but it, it clearly was, from a meteorological point of view, uh, it, it was a real, a real head shaker, and normally sometimes that would make the list, but there were just too many that uh, affected so many people, they were deadly, they were extreme, they were out of season, out of place. But um, there were a lot of stories that uh, certainly in Churchill, the fact that it was such a cold, uh, um, uh, uh, I think it was uh, uh, May snows, where they had actually to cancel recess. Um, and uh, and then it was uh, uh, one of the hottest Junes on record. So that flip-flop back and forth, but hey, there was that football game that was one of the second longest in CFL history. Yes, that, right. Uh, you remember that stormy kind of day? But, but you know, it, it, it really, there was smoke from B.C. fires, and there were droughts, and, and it certainly affected probably western prairies more than the eastern prairies, but clearly there were moments there. And uh, but, but overall, I think uh, most of Manitoba was sitting on the sidelines. You've been doing this a long time, Dave. I'm curious to know, you know, we hear about climate change and all that kind of stuff. Have you noticed any changes in your list of weather events that you put together every year? Can we get anything from that list that might indicate the weather is somehow changing? Oh, that is so well put. I, you know, I've I've wondered that. I've been doing it for twenty three years. Wow. And it really began when I thought, you know, weather is king and queen in this country. We talk about it more than any other subject. Yeah. So at the end of the year, and talk of talk instead of talking about, uh, you know, political uh, newsmakers of the year or Hollywood stories or sports stories, we should be celebrating the kind of weather. So it kind of began that way. And you know, in those early years, Hal. I mean, I really had to work to find 10 stories. It was like, you know, the prairies had a a pretty good harvest this year. I mean, that was a big story one year. And now, I mean, my gosh, it's all over the place. I mean, it's the 100, I begin with about 100 stories. I have to boil it down to 10 and then have regional highlights. And I know it's subjective. It's only myself that puts this together. I don't think a committee could. They'd still be trying to rank them. And I accept (laughs) the fact that, hey, I make make mistakes and I have, uh, I'm, I really regret that it, this was in and not that wasn't. But yeah. I, I think, how that I, I, that's an interesting question you asked. I would like to, to go back over the 230 
top ten stories over the uh, the two decades and yeah. see if there is some sense to it. I think they're getting wilder. They're getting more impactful, the events. They're, they seem to be clear um, stories that would be uh, number nine and ten now would be ones and twos uh, back uh, uh, 20-some years ago. Mm. I think the weather is getting more wonky, wacky, and wild and, and extreme, and, and, and I think that that's kind of a, a pattern that I've seen. Yeah. You know, um, winter arrives officially, at least on the calendar tomorrow, and uh, we'll be talking weather again tomorrow. But while I've got you here today, you know, winter in Winnipeg and in Manitoba so far this year, if it continues much longer, might just make your list next year because (laughs) we've got very little snow, although we've got some snow in the forecast now in the next couple of days. We've got very little snow, and we have not seen a lot of cold. We, We didn't have a fall. It kind of went right from summer to winter, but the winter's been very mild so far. Oh, you described that well, uh, Hal. I mean, it, it, for me, one of the big things this year was that what was missing this year in Canada were the transition seasons. You know, we went from slush to sweat to slush. And, you know, we didn't have a spring. I mean, there were uh, farmers that had cedars buried in the in the permafrost almost in April. And then we, we just got one of the warmest Mays on record. And then the fall, I mean, my gosh, the harvest came early this year at the end of August. It lasted 10 days and then winter arrived. And and, and so I think that, um, but you're right. We had actually the one of the coldest falls in I think about twenty uh, uh, some years in Manitoba. But December has been absolutely balmy. I mean, temperatures have been uh, uh, almost uh, uh, more than four degrees, five degrees warmer than normal. You've had a skiff of snow. Now it looks like you might get a white Christmas. One of the very few uh, major cities in Canada going to be a white Christmas. I think eighty five percent of the country will have a white Christmas, but. 85% of Canadians won't have a white Christmas because it's just not going to be in places like Montreal and Ottawa and Vancouver, of course, and Regina and, and Winnipeg. I think you've only you've got about five centimeters of snow, so I think you might still have it. One of the very few large cities that will have one, but I, I think that clearly you're right. We think the pattern of this winter may be set by December. We think it will be shorter than last year and, um, and because of El Nino, the, maybe a few more Pacific breezes than 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 clearly the polar vortex. So I got my fingers crossed that way. But you know how what we really need are some precipitation for the farmers, but not so much that it causes uh, flood issues in southern Manitoba. That can always be an issue in in the springtime. But Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't think there'll be too many Canadians complaining. We're not all skiers and ice fishers. And uh, and I think that if we could could somehow cheat winter and get a balmy one, uh, and and I think we we think the flavor of it will be milder than normal. I I don't think we're we're not going to cancel it. There'll be moments you wish you were somewhere else. But I think overall, if we can have some melting in every month, hey, I think we'll feel uh, that we've won something. Hey, Dave, I'm like my dad. I am a weather geek, and I love it when I hear you on other shows, and I love it when you're on this show. Hopefully, we can do it more in 2019. I really look forward to that, Hal. Thank you so much for having me aboard. Bye-bye. David Phillips, Senior Climatologist, Environment Canada, talking about his top weather events of the past year. Federally, across the country, the Liberals were ahead 44 to 34% over the Tories. But we'll get into the different regions, and probably the best person to help us do that is a poli-sci guy, one of my favorite poli-sci guys, political scientist, St. Paul's College, University of Manitoba, Chris Adams. Hi, Chris. 
Hi, Hal. Thanks for having me on your show again. Yeah, thank you. So let's start broad picture. Liberals 44, Tories 34 in the latest polling. Uh, What do you think? Yeah, well, we're we're seeing that that, uh, um, there's an opportunity for the Conservatives to catch up to the Liberals. Uh, We do know that the uh, Trudeau's approval rating has been... uh, declining, not radically, but he, he had approval ratings in the Ipsos polls at 64% at the 2016 election time, and it's dropped to 51%, which is not, no, that's not a crisis mode situation, but it's not, it's not uh, uh, terrible news for the Conservatives, who, who are, are quite competitive right now. And in part, um, what's helping uh, the, the Liberals to some extent is the NDP is sagging quite a bit in the polls. Let me just clarify, because I read the wrong numbers there. Nationally, the Liberals lead 38% to the Tories, 33%. Those numbers yeah. uh, that I was giving were, were from uh, here in Manitoba, the prairie regions. Um, but uh, nationally, across the country, Liberals 38, Conservatives 33. Um, so yeah. that would be a majority government again for the Liberals if those numbers held up, right? Well, I, I would say so, but but we have to remember that the last uh, federal election, the, the Liberals were in third place when the election was called, and, and things changed dramatically over that election time. So uh, I would say 38% to 33% is, is not a bad situation for the Conservatives to be in. But I was listening to Daryl Bricker, who I used to work with when I was a VP over at Ipsos some years ago, um, but he was pointing out that the situation for the Liberals in Western Canada particularly in Alberta, is very, very poor situation. Uh, their numbers show that the the, uh, the Conservatives are at 61% compared to the Liberals at 19%, which are terrible numbers for, for the Liberals. But And, and across the prairies, things are, are not that great. So it's a, it's a situation where we, we would probably see in the next election, Hal, and back to your question, if an election were held today, I think a lot of the regions in Canada would flip back to where they historically were over the past few decades. That is, uh, Quebec being a tough area for the Conservatives, right. um, Ontario being the battleground between the, the, the main parties, and then the Prairies being really a place where the Conservatives feel comfortable, and then uh, in BC, a place where the Liberals are able to uh, get some a fair amount of support. And on Election Day... I think what's really going to matter, and, and you tell me what you think, I think what's really going to matter is how strong can the NDP be, which would hurt liberals, or that that seems to be the way it would go. And then Bernier's new party, how much will that take from the conservatives? Isn't that essentially what we're going to be watching very closely on Election Day? Uh, to some extent, uh, Jagmeet Singh has been having problems in, in, his, uh, in the leadership. Part of the problem is that he's... He's not, uh, he's not in the House as a sitting member of Parliament, so we're going to have to see how that shakes out in a by-election coming up. Mm. And, uh, but but the, he, he has not had the, the traction of his predecessor in the NDP. Uh, the, the, with, with regard to, so, so that the jury is still out, really, on how the NDP will do in the coming election next year. But the, uh, you know, I, I have to say the Maxime Bernier uh, factor I don't think is going to be as significant as, as the media has played it out to be. Yeah. When you see him at the microphone, uh, I don't see a lot of uh, a lot of major players around the microphone with him. I think people who are who who dislike Justin Trudeau who are on the on the right will be moderately comfortable with uh, Andrew Scheer. So I, I really don't see much uh, room in, in the ideological spectrum or across Canada in particular specific ridings 
where Maxime Bernier can really find his uh, his area to shine. Yeah, and I guess I would agree with that. I think it just depends on how close it is between the Tories and the Liberals on Election Day, whether or not the NDP and Max Bernier uh, play any kind of a role at all. But if they stay 38-33, yeah, you know, probably probably not much impact. Or or that's, I don't know, that's my lunch bucket view on it. I I don't know. You're the expert. you know, I, I, you know how you, if if we take a couple of particular ridings, maybe there will be an impact. And I'm thinking, you know, blue skying. Let's say Stephen Fletcher decided to not stay in the Manitoba arena; that he decided to go with with Bernier's party um, in in uh, the the Assiniboia area, uh, you know, the Charleswood Assiniboine area, mm-hmm. and went back into areas where he had votes before with the Conservatives as a federal candidate. You know, let's say he drew off five. Eight percent of the vote towards him, which is quite possible. Yep. That would be enough, maybe, to make the incumbent Aloysian, who's just a one-term so far Liberal member of Parliament. You know that Fletcher could 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 um, take enough uh, votes away from uh, an incumbent Marty Morantz, who would be running against Aloysian, and that would you know maybe make a difference. So there will be some impact of Bernier in a few ridings where there might be some candidates who are able to pull in some of the vote, but it would damage the Conservatives, as you're noting, uh, more than the Liberals. Mm -hmm. I've only got about a minute left here, Chris. What What do you make of the provinces? There are a lot of Tory premiers now. The provinces seem to be going with the Tories, the Conservatives, and yet federally, the Liberals are still very strong. It's sort of interesting how we flip and flop and provincially is different than than federally. Yeah, and, and and that's that's quite common. We've we've had a, a, a conservative oriented, I mean, small C conservative oriented uh, party elected in Quebec. We've seen a, a new premier in in Ontario beating uh, uh, the Liberals, and uh, in Saskatchewan we have the Saskatchewan party, which really is a conservative party, and um, the numbers are looking like Notley's in trouble against uh, Kenny's uh, conservative party or the equivalent of it mm-hmm. in Alberta. So. Um, we, it is not uncommon to see uh, parties switches to the opposite party when there's a certain federal party in power. At the same time, you know, it is it's quite common for for prime ministers of a certain party stripe to get along very well with premiers of a different stripe. And I just have to mention uh, Gary Dewar being made ambassador to the U.S. Yeah. by Stephen Harper, right. you know, conservative prime minister. And, and that's not unusual. So. Uh, prime ministers can get along very well with with uh, premiers of different stripes, so long as they, you know, that there aren't some big issues of of uh, of uh, that, that they're forcing the region to be against the prime minister. Yeah. Hey, Chris, thanks for helping us with these numbers today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Hal. Have a great uh, Friday and weekend. Bye bye. And Merry Christmas. If I don't talk to you. Same to you. Happy holidays. Cheers. Bye. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.